Hi, everyone. I'm Mel Butcher. And I'm Michelle Ridfin. And we're behind the Lead to Soar podcast. We've got a couple really fun things to share with you. And the first thing we want to share is our colleague, Susan Colantuno. She started a podcast called Be Business Savvy. Be Business Savvy. We highly recommend it. And it's a short form podcast where you hear directly from Susan. It's like having a friendly mentor in your ear. So check her out at BeBusinessSavvy.com. Over to you, Michelle. Thanks, Mel. Well, two exciting things from me, along with Be Business Savvy. Number one, The Leadership Compass. My very first book is due for release on March 26, 2024. You can find out more about The Leadership Compass, what it's all about. Of course, it'll be your ultimate guide if you're an ambitious woman leader. You can find more about that at michelleredfern.com. And hand in hand with the Leadership Compass book is the Leadership Compass boot camps. I'm going to do one boot camp a quarter for 2024 for just six women at a time. And you'll be working through in three weeks. So, yes, it's short, sharp, and high impact. All of the elements from the Leadership Compass and my 40 years of executive experience. So, you'll cover BQ, EQ, and SQ, and you will be positioned to have a career that soars. Again, you can find out about the boot camps at michelleredfern.com, leadtosoar.com, or if you can't find any of that, just drop us a line and we'll point you in the right direction. You're listening to Lead to Soar, bringing women the best career advice and mentorship from around the world. Lead to Soar is a production of a career that soars. Learn more at leadtosoar.com. The Lead to Soar podcast is recorded in many places across the world. In Australia, it's recorded on the lands of the Wadawurrung, Wurundjeri and Boon Wurrung people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to elders past and present for they hold the memories, the traditions, the cultures and the hopes of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples across the nation. We also pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people listening today. All right. Welcome, Michelle, to... Another get shit done mini episode. Awesome. Okay, dear listeners, we've got sort of a resource we want to share with you today, but we're kind of mashing two resources together. And these are questions to ask a potential new boss when you're interviewing for a job. And then Michelle has some questions for you to ask right after you start a new job. And these are just absolutely brilliant. So I'm going to go first, Michelle, here with questions to ask a potential boss when you're in the interview process. And I want to give full credit here to Lily Konings, who wrote these. I hope I'm pronouncing her name correctly. This is someone I follow on Twitter. Twitter. She is at Lily Konings, L-I-L-Y-K-O-N-I-N-G-S. Lily writes, give yourself full permission to interview your future managers back. When they ask, do you have any questions for me? Take the opportunity to expose what your next one plus years under this person might be like. And she gives five questions in subsequent tweets. So I'm really doing this for those of you who are out there not actively on Twitter. Okay, here we go. Question number one. When was the last time you promoted someone on your team? How did it happen? 
Terrific. I'm going to kind of just chime in here because what that's telling, what that's asking of that boss is, are you someone who actively develops your your team members and what process do you follow? Is it equitable? And, you know, there's... So, so it's, it's uncovering a lot of stuff, but do you know what else it's doing, Mel? Gee whiz, it's engaging the greatness in that other person. It's giving a chance for that person to demonstrate what they do, or it's giving them a very big signal. Oh, oh this is something I need to do better. So no matter what, if that person pays attention to that question, they're going to be a better boss. So you, you're doing yourself as well as a whole bunch of other people a favor. Agreed. The next question in her list is a classic, why did the last person in this role leave? And her explanation here is, unless this is a new position, the reason that someone left can be very telling. Worst case, they quit because of a toxic workplace. Best case, they were promoted up, meaning this role can lead to similar opportunities for you. Question number three, how do you nurture psychological safety in your team? And I have to admit, this one makes me uncomfortable. I'm not sure this is one I would ask, but what's your take, Michelle? Oh, I love it. And and, and honestly, as someone who's been a hiring manager a lot, I would have really appreciated that question, A, because it plays to one of my strengths. And again, it's, it's giving the boss the opportunity to stop, breathe and reflect on. So what is it that I do to help team members feel safe? And when we, we know that when people feel safe and that they belong, they're going to bring their best selves and their best ideas and their productivity and, and it's going to help the organization, the team and the organization achieve the outcomes that it deems is important. But again, it's really asking that person to reflect on, are you doing stuff that is really important to humans now and in the future? And it's not going away. Question number four. When was the last time you supported a direct report's growth, even if it meant leaving your team or company? She goes on this one to say, a supportive manager cares about your goals, not gluing you to your seat. The very best managers realize when it's time to move you up. And then the last one here for questions to ask when you're going through the interviewing process for a new job, most or all of my interviewers were men. Can I speak to some women on the team to hear more about their experience? Sensational. Well, you're never ever going to get an argument from me about that, given the work that I do around gender equity. And again... I think this is a person who, a, a candidate who's who's working in service of herself and for others and particularly for other women because a great hiring manager, a great leader is going to take notice of that and go, maybe I've got some more work to do. In, in This might not be right, you know, happening right now, but maybe I've got some work to do. So this is a person who's actively working in service of herself, of others, but also that hiring manager. Talk about engaging the greatness in others. I love it. Really good. I do too. So dear listeners, I'll just leave you with this last bit that Lily wrote on that question. It says, this happens a lot. Having zero representation of someone like you can be a very bad sign of how the team respects diverse perspectives. And then from my own personal experience, I'll say that I'm on a team that has diverse gender representation. And I've had more than one of the candidates that have come through and interviewed with our team call that out to me in a one-on-one conversation and say, hey, I see that you have this representation and you have these women in leadership roles. And that really means a lot to me and it stands out. So 
I share that mostly for the leaders who listen to this podcast. Your candidates notice these things, even if they don't ask about it. 100%. And it needs to be more than tick the box, you know, trot out a token woman as part of the, you know, if she asks for, I'd like to speak to some other members of the team. Yeah, you need, you, yeah, yeah. Success breeds success, Mel. If you want diverse teams, you've got to have six you, and a diverse organization. You've actually got to have it. So anyway, I'd add a, a final question that, that I'd, I always encourage women to ask because I don't know about you, Mel, but I've had some pretty shitty onboarding experiences in roles. Either there's been zero onboarding and, you know, kind of flounder and find my own way. And one of the questions that I, I want women to ask to help them decide whether they're going to take the role or not is, can you tell me what success is going to look like for me in the first 90 days and in the first one year of this role? Because it's going to give you a very, very pointed representation of whether that hiring manager really knows how to set you up. Number one, how to set you up for success, which is this is what you're here to do. And we've talked about positional purpose before. We want that person to understand what is this role here to do? And then giving you a really crisp example of in 90 days, we want you to have one, two, three in one year. What we're going to celebrate is one, two, three. And that becomes the guiding principle. So that's, I think that's a, that's a good one for both at the hiring stage, but also when you start a new role. Brilliant. And that segues us to the next set of questions. So we're envisioning that you have made it through. You're taking on what seems like a dreamy role for you. So you're starting a new job. Michelle, share with us what are the good questions to ask as you start on this new role, this new job? Yeah. And like you, I've got a great resource from uh, Tomas Chamorro Pramusic, who some might recognize that name. He's he's the author um, of the TED Talk, you know, why do so many incompetent men become leaders? So Tomas has uh, has got an article in HBR, seven questions to ask your new boss. But I'm going to put my boss hat on now and say I would appreciate people who reported to me asking me these four questions because it would be very, very useful. Number one, how do you like to communicate? Oh my lordy wordy. I, as a boss, I have told or shared with people how I like to communicate. In fact, I often share how I don't like to communicate. I hate email. I've always hated email. Please don't email me with something important. If I see a scroll bar on my email, I just, a little part of me dies inside. And I'm sure a beautiful fluffy thing in the world dies somewhere too. But anyway, so I like to communicate in the moment. If I can't do it face-to-face, pick up the phone and call me. If you can't do that, text me, instant message me, whatever it may be. But please... Ask me how I like to communicate and then communicate with her that way. Because gee whiz, (laughs) I've certainly had team members who loved writing me a missile in, a, in terms of email and it just, and I pick up the phone and go, but can you please just talk to me? And they go, oh, please don't send me emails. So that's number one. And again, it's engaging the greatness in her, in your boss. How does she or he or they like to communicate? Number two, so who should I meet with outside our team boss? Start your strategic networking at day one. And your first, the first member of your strategic network in your organization is your boss. And when your boss says, hey, this is someone who gets it. She knows that we've got stakeholders. She knows that we've got people interested and she knows that she wants to get to know these people. Again, your boss is going to go, this person gets it. Wow. I know who 
she should be connected with right now because I need to show them how great we are as well by having this this talented woman in our team. But three, it also, frankly, it then helps you to extend your, your network. So increase your network, your ability to influence the outcomes for yourself and your team. Then the third question is, how can I support the team and add value? So yes, you've got a, a job description, which no one will ever look at again. Let's face it, they're written for a purpose, but no one will ever look at it again. Yes, you've got a scorecard or some KPIs, but that's great. You'll probably look at them at the end of the year. Right, what are the things? What are my behaviors? What's our operating rhythm? What do you want me to do, boss? What do you want me to do more of that's going to really help our team nail it? And then it's going to help you prioritize your time and your activities. So for those of you, oh my God, I'm always in back-to-back meetings. I've got a thousand emails, whatever. Forget that. What's the most important things that I can do for this team and to add value? And then you prioritize your time and your activity around that. And I would really appreciate as a boss, people asking me that because I do see people running off down rabbit holes. I think, why are you doing that? That is so not important. And again, engage the greatness in your boss because she might be going, oh, that's a great question. Perhaps I need to be much more crystal clear about what our one, two and three priorities are for for this week, this month, this year and help the team really get behind that. And the fourth question, which I just love because it's all about empathy, all about engaging the greatness in others is okay, boss, it's day one for me, week one, whatever it may be. What would you do right now if you were in my shoes? And that way, give your boss, yeah, they're, they're, giving, they're being provided that opportunity to have empathy for you. Holy crap, it's the first day of school. I'm feeling a bit nervous. <laughs> should I be head down, bottom up at my, you know, doing my emails? No. Or should I be, what should I be doing? And, and it really helps that boss know that you respect them and that you respect their experience, you you respect their position in the organization, and you're demonstrating, I want to understand how you think, how you feel. I want to walk a mile in your shoes, but can you walk a mile in mine? So I I love those four questions, Mel. I think they're really useful. And thanks, Tomas, for, well, he's got seven on his article, which we'll share in the show notes, but I, I think those are really, really good ones. And as a boss, I would so appreciate them. I love it. Okay. So that is our Get Shit Done episode today. Great questions for you to ask in your job interview, and then more great questions for you to ask as soon as you start your new job. Thank you so much to Lily and Tomas for sharing these resources with us. Yeah. And Mel, remember, getting shit done is all about not just turning up, but you got to show up. Yeah. (laughs) This is how you show up. Thanks, my friend. (laughs) Thanks, Michelle. Bye. This summer, A Career That Soars is pleased to offer a new, unique experience. Michelle Redfern, Amal Youssef, and myself, Mel Butcher, will be hosting Leadership Is, a live in-person workshop in Madison, Wisconsin, August 11 through 12, 2022. If you are a leader in an organization that's serious about supporting your female talent pipeline, learn more about sending a small cohort of women from your company to the event at leadtosoar.com slash sponsor. That's leadtosoar.com slash sponsor. And if you're a career woman ready to grow your ability to create the outcomes for your organization that matter most, we'd love for you to join us. Visit leadtosoar.com slash leadership is for attendee workshop details. That's leadtosoar.com slash leadership is.
This has been another episode of Lead to Soar, a production of A Career That Soars. You can reach Michelle Redfern at michelleredfern.com and Mel Butcher at melbutcher.com. Join us inside A Career That Soars at acareerthatsoars.com. 